We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of What the World Needs More Of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I'm your host for today. We have a very special guest. His name is Garen. He's joining us all the way from, I forgot to ask, where are you right now? You're traveling, you said. Yeah, I'm traveling. I'm I out of Austin by what right now I'm in uh, Malibu, California. Cool. Two awesome places. Thank yeah. you for joining us. Um, the very first question of the show, I kind of do it backwards. Most people ask the like popping question at the end, but I always start with it. And the, the question of the show is what do you believe the world needs more of? People who actually care. Mm. Actually. There's, there's the surface version of care, and then there's actually care. I think the, the world is um, missing a pulse right now in 2023. And I think that the more that we start caring about ourselves, it will give us a tool to actually care about other people. Hmm. I like that. How do you get people to care? Just, just it, it's an interesting thing. Um, I have my own thoughts on it, but I'm curious, how do you believe you get people to care? I, I'm, I'm with you. I think people need to care more. I, I will tell you this. Uh, people don't do what you say. They do what they see. And I, I, I don't talk much, but I, I, um, who I am as an example in the world hmm. tends to inspire people because they see certain results and they see certain changes and then they start asking. Well, how, how do you do this? Why like, why when everybody else is stressed out, you have a genuine smile on your face and it seems mm. like you're aging backwards at age 44. And I start telling them, it's like, you know, I, 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 I learned how to love myself from the inside out from the little kid up to the adult, because mm. I feel that adults are deteriorated children. Mm. And, um, you know, I've developed a, life practice that allows me to kind of like navigate through life kind of like a surfboarder navigates through uh water hmm. and i don't think there's any other better way to get people to care more than for you to be the example without trying to show off but simply be the example allow people to see what is possible through you and, you know, to, to change the world, you change yourself, the world inside of yourself, and then you show people how you did that. And they will listen to someone who has the life uh, based off of what they're talking about. Huh. I love that. I love that. So be the example. Change the inner world and allow the external world to reflect what you've done on the inside. Absolutely. I love that. Second question what is your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you? And what are some of the moments that help shape it? Um, my, my wow factor is my ability. There's two of them. My ability to not have any energy leaks. Mm. Um, I, I forgave the two men who murdered my father more than a thousand times. I've let go of resentment. People, mm -hmm. you know, someone who touched me when I was, when I was a little kid and I've learned how to, to not allow negativity to weigh me down because I see the effects of what it does to my inner world, which affects my exterior world. Mm -hmm. One time I wrote a list of 250 names from, uh, from when I was a little kid up until now with the intention of apologizing to everyone that I either did something negative to in physically or in thought 
or mm. anybody who ever did anything negative to me just apologizing for my part so what i noticed was the more i did that the more there was like this universal order i would let go of this energy here and then something in my life maybe like three new customers customers would come in i'm like every time i do this this happens and my favorite thing in the world is putting puzzle piece. i love puzzles so when i start noticing synchronicities like this i kind of just do it over and over and over so i did that 250 times and that was the process from taking myself from $250,000 in debt to having multiple seven multiple seven figure businesses in in seven eight and a half years but it was the releasing of the weight to allow me to rise into who I've always been hmm. that is a major wow factor that most of the world struggles with and most of the world are not even aware that they struggle with that. So they blame it on the boyfriend, the girlfriend, the dog, the president, the skin color, the news, the weather, and don't even realize that there is energy stuck in their nervous system that is like an anchor pulling that child back and won't, won't let go unless you, I feel like have closure or create space so that you can release the weight um, from the hot air balloon so that it can actually rise. Interesting. And with the energy drain, how can people identify if they have one? Um, well, most people know it. Most people know that they're tired, that they mm -hmm. fall asleep tired in the middle of the daytime. And you look at pictures three years later, you look way older than you did because, um, you know, I had a neighbor who was 103 years old, but she looked like she was in her late 60s. Hmm. And I remember saying to her, I was like, how come you don't look so old? She was like, oh, age doesn't make you old. It's when you let your life beat you down. That's hmm. what makes you old. When you're in relationships you don't want to be in and you stay in them, that's what makes you old. When you're, when you're at jobs you don't want to be at and you stay in them. She's like, that's where wrinkles, wrinkles come from. It just weighs on your spirit and your soul mm. just starts sagging. And I remember hearing that conversation and I was like, there's so many things in my life that I feel are weighing me down. The food that I eat and the people that I hang around with, um, my, my weight, how I talk about people in my mind and from that moment, if I showed you a picture, matter of fact, since we're on here, <laughs> I'm going to show you a picture of when I was 34. I just turned 44 last week. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to show you a picture when I was 34 next to a picture when I'm 44. And you will think that they're actually opposite. But it was from when the lady taught me that philosophy um, about not just existing, but actually living hmm. so i don't know if you can see that that is when i was 34 that was seven months ago wow look in the eyes wow yeah and so how do you know you can feel heaviness you can look in the mirror, not be happy with what you see when the truth shows up and nobody's around. Mm. Um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, remove all the titles, remove the accolades, remove the awards, remove the money. What do you have with yourself? How do you feel inside of your own body? Yeah. And if that is not a glorious, loving, I am so excited about life feeling, I would look at that. I would start there underneath all the, the things that people drive for the significance. And inside of that, I would tell you to start doing a mirror practice and looking at yourself and say, you know, I love and accept everything about you, mm -hmm. ugly, the beautiful, the light, the dark, and like really telling yourself who you are. So you don't live a life based off of what you think other people think you are. Mm. I love that. I think it, it's, it's such an interesting question. I remember I read a long time ago where when you ask people, who are you? 
for some reason in the United States, people answer with whatever job they have or what they do <laughs> instead of who they are. And then yeah. it's really wild when you ask someone like, who are you? But most people don't know how, and it's mainly just out of lack of practice, but, but most people don't know how to respond to the question. Um, and it, it's an interesting thought process, but getting to the core of who this person is. The other thing I, I learned a long time ago, I, I did a week-long meditation with a big group of monks from India. And it was interesting when I was hanging out with them, the, the hardest part was we had three days of silence, no talking, no communicating, no music, no books, no reading, nothing, just you and you. And what I've heard repetitively from people who've done extended practices, seven days, 21 days, a month of silence type thing, um, they said it was one of the scariest things they've ever done, one of the hardest things they've ever done, and the most fulfilling and most freeing thing they've ever done in their entire life, which comes back to what you're talking about with the mirror practice of you with you. Like you being with you is interesting because there's, for like you're saying, for so many people, there's so much work to be done there. And they get comfortable being with that part of yourself and then learning how to recognize it, acknowledge it, love it, appreciate it, connect with it, see it, hear it, feel it. And, and just all those nooks and crannies of who we are as humans. Um, I, I just, one other thought that popped up when we were talking about this is one of the most beautiful things I've heard someone say is when you meet another human who's able to see the things and learn to love the parts of yourself you don't even like. And it's like, whoa, now you're standing next to someone who sees the things you try to hide from yourself and so many others, but chooses to lean in and love on those things. And it's like, wow, what a freeing experience when you cross paths with moments or people like that. Um, you said there were two things. What was the second? Um, so the, the, the second thing is my ability to love no matter what. Mm. I just have developed a skill to, to love in the arenas. It's more, it's speaking into what you just said. It's like when somebody can like love those parts of you that you can't even, or you can't even see in yourself, I've developed the skill of being able to love no matter what, because I used to be such a hater and I would talk about people in my mind and to their face. And I saw what, 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 happened to my life the outside is the physical manifestation of what's going on inside yeah. and i remember there was a a young lady named tess that i went to school with and i remember something we were on on the bus seven years old she had a hoodie on you know back then it was just like boys used to hit girls girls would hit boys and it wasn't like that it wasn't like what it is now it's like little kids doing what little kids do she had a, a hoodie on and, you know, she was like really annoying to me at the time. And I pulled the hoodie over her head and I had this, this yellow backpack. And I remember hitting her over the head with a backpack. Now I'm 44 years old. When I contacted her, it was maybe five years ago. I think it was 39 and surely she didn't remember that. And so I was like, Hey, Tess, you know, kids do the stupidest things. I just want to say, you know, I'm sorry for hitting you in the head with the backpack when we were seven. You probably don't even remember this, but I just want to apologize. She read it, didn't respond. So I went on public, uh, on my public feed, and I wrote down this public apology. I was like, oh, kids do the stupidest things. Five seconds later, she said, can you please remove that? I'm in tears right now. And then she said, one, why did you do that? Two, what about me made you do that? Three, the same thing is happening to my children and I don't know what to tell them. Mm. It was in that moment I realized that people remember how you made them feel. And so that's when I start doing the forgiveness practice and 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 the letting go of resentment practice and i started loving no matter what and the last thing i want to close with is there was a guy in my business we were two athletes to, uh we we're both earning probably somewhere around fifteen thousand dollars a month uh passive income this was back in 2013 uh no 
2015. And um, I don't have my math right. You can still be successful and not have your math right, just so you know. Um, but it was around that time. And I just remember saying, I, I don't like him. He doesn't like me. But you know what? I'm not going to let him, the reason he doesn't like me to change who I am as a person. I'm a loving person. So I'm just going to choose to love him no matter what. And I went out of my way to just be like, man, I really respect what you do in the world and how you how you uh, impact people's lives. Maybe one day we can grab a bite to eat and things like that. And in my mind, it's like whatever his response is, that's on him. But me, I, I'm just a loving person. My business shifted and grew 3x within about three to four months and nobody could understand why. My spiritual advisor, Monica Zanz, she said, Garen, you released hate from your heart. Hmm. So from that moment, how can I love better? Love no matter what. I walk into a room, how can I leave this room better than how I found it? How can I leave this person better than how I found them? And that's one of my, my core values is to be of a loving nature. Hmm. That's number two. I love that. I love it. It's my next question. What's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble in life? Having an extraordinary business, having extraordinary friends, and me thinking that my first daughter, Kylea, was going to treat me like everyone else, they're like, oh my Garen, oh my goodness, Garen, you're so amazing. Now, mind you, my and 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 she didn't, she didn't care about anything that I was doing. Um, because there was a time in my life when I was living in my car for two and a half years, an ex-convict over two hundred thousand dollars in debt. That's when Kylea was born. So you can imagine mm -hmm. the kind of person that I was. I didn't love myself. So if you don't love yourself, you can't love other people. Yeah. I didn't know how to give something that I didn't even have. Hmm. And so I'm even right now, she's 21, just graduated from NYU. There's still things that I'm working through. And that always keeps me humble because as much as you think that you're doing well, or you think that you got it, it's one of those things where there's always something to work on. And that one right there has been something that has grown me so much as a man, as a human, as a father, as a leader, a father for my daughter, who's uh, not even two, uh, my new daughter, uh, Soul, who's not even two years old. I've grown so much as a father because I saw how much I was a little boy trying to be a man just through lack of awareness when I was 21 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. It's powerful. And it, it's something you're describing is most of, at least most of the U S doesn't, doesn't have any transition rituals. We don't have anything that happens that teaches us the difference. Like you said, between being a boy, trying to be a man and actually being a man. Um, they don't exist. We don't, there's nothing I'm aware of that exists here besides someone giving you a drink and saying, here, you made it. <laughs> or grow and, hair, be a man, grow hair on your chest or yeah. certain thing. And this is what I heard. And then add that my father was murdered when I was 12. So I had no male figure in my life. Yeah. So my mom had to take the role of mom and dad and do the best that she can because they don't give parents a blueprint on how to raise kids and so i went in and out of jail went to prison uh was living in my car um just trying to figure out life but it wasn't until i moved to austin texas and i was around other healthy men that i had a an, a different version of a man that i was exposed to when i was a little kid that were speaking different, thinking different, fathering different. And so I was, I leaned in to the group that I ran away from my entire life, which is healthy mm. relationships with men. And mm. in le 
remaining in those relationships, I was healing and, but I was healing the aspect of me that I didn't even like. So if I hated men growing up, well, then I hate half of myself because yeah. there was my mom and there was my dad, then there was the feminine and the masculine. And the, the part of me that was masculine was the unhealthy masculine, the one who went to prison, breaking in the cars, chasing women all the time with no kind of dignity, self-respect and honor. I, all of those characteristics I have now, but I had to learn later on in life. So if you take somebody with a mindset like mine and that and I'm just getting exposed to it and it's very difficult, I can't imagine people who do not have access to those communities right now are not even open to those communities, how they're living inside of their own body. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a struggle and it's a challenge. The hard part, and I've interacted in all different types of groups and specifically that moment, if you go back to when you were in that, um, the most common thing I've heard when, when you, when, if they reach out, they're open to it. If you reach out and be like, here, I'd love to love on you or help or do these things. The most common thing you hear is you don't understand. You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand where I've been. And so, you know, being someone who's been through it, you have a superpower to unlock that door that so often someone would try to throw up a defensive wall of you don't understand. And you'd be like, oh, uh, yeah, I do. I've been there. I've been through this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it helps. It helps unlock those conversations. Um, and I think for everyone watching or listening, all of us have something we've been through that allows us to reach that person going through that hardship, battle, struggle, or growth period in their life that no one else can reach them. No one else can get through to that person like you can, because very few humans have gone through that exact path you have. And so I, I can, you know, honor you and see that in you of you've used your path and the things you've been through to be able to unlock and reach people that only you can reach because you have that path, you have that experience, you have that sensitivity to those moments and that experience that allows you to unlock conversations that other people can't have, which is so powerful. And I think so needed in today's world. I think if people are watching this, you know, grab a pen and paper and write down what are the unique experiences, difficult, challenging, fun, exciting, whatever they are, but what are the unique experiences you've specifically lived through that only you can reach the people who are going through those moments because you have that tenderness, you have that real experience with those moments. Um, there, there's something I want to add to this too, because I think it's really important. And I, I love that you brought up this topic. Um, people listen to who they relate to. And even if it's not the exact same thing, if they can relate to you, then their walls come down and they're listening with their full self. And how I learned this is I, I remember I was living a lie. I would tell people, oh yeah, I'm a personal trainer and I'm a this and I'm a that. And I'm just, I would feel so empty inside. I'm going to be sad if male model wasn't true. Oh, no, no. Male model was true. Okay. Okay, good. Good. I can relate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, male model was true, but I'm just talking about um, Relatable. like I would say personal trainer and everything is going great. Everything is amazing. You walk around every day and then you're talking to people. How are you doing? Oh, everything is fine. I was dying on the inside. Mm. And I remember when I was living in my car, I was trying to make it seem like everything was good. And it was the scariest moment in my life. And I remember Rihanna's song, We Out Here Living a Lie, came on the radio. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it came on the radio. And I'm like, man, I'm out here living a lie. I don't want to live a lie. I remember going on. So my, my advisor told me to write a letter from my big kid self to my little self. Hmm. Apologizing to little Garen for abandoning abandoning him, and when you're done with that letter, switch to your non-dominant hand, which operates a different part of your brain, and write a letter from your little kid self mm. to your to your big self. So I wrote from little Garen, not realizing all of these emotions from mm. when I was little 
that I ran away from, I stuffed down, they all came up. So I'm writing this letter. Oh, you, you left me, you fucking left me, you left me. And I was like, where's all these emotions coming from? So I write this whole letter. When I'm done, I said, oh, I can't live a lie no more. I went on social media and I said, you think you know me? You have no idea. You know this, this, you know I've dated this person, you know I've modeled, you know this, but that's because that's what I told you. What you don't know is right now I'm living in my car. Mm. Right now I'm sleeping in an abandoned building and storage unit on bubble wrap. Right now I'm $200,000 in debt. All these, I've, I've cheated on every girlfriend I ever, I ever had. I didn't know what was gonna come from that, but I know that I didn't want to live as somebody that was a representation of the mask that I was telling the world. Yeah. First message I got was from somebody saying, I put the gun down when you shared your story. Yeah. Now, I've never put a gun to my head, but something about my vulnerability was strong enough to have somebody read the testimony, put the gun down and said, thank you for your strength. And it was in that moment yeah. I discovered my purpose was to be the voice of the voiceless or mm. the parts of you that you haven't yet given a voice. So as long as I keep sharing my story and being vulnerable and just like putting myself out there, then somebody, somebody's going to say, you know what, if he can, so can I be myself. And I've been doing that for over 10 years and it's taken me all over the world and open up so many doors. And I think that the more that you are your authentic self, yeah. your, 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 your life will be way different than the one that's a shell of who you really are. It's true. It's so true. So true. Um, it's funny. It's funny for people and it's interesting for people where in their life, and this might be a reflection moment for those watching, where in your life do you have a shell up? Where in your life are you projecting who you think you need to be instead of just being the person you really are? Where in your life are you thinking you have to be different than who you are? Um, I think a really cool set of questions that someone could capture, which, and, and there's a, a therapy piece or psychology piece around this one, which was, who did you want love from the most when you were a kid? And whoever it was, mom, dad, uncle, aunt, brother, sister, cousin, whatever, just someone you craved, you wanted it from. It's usually not the person you got it from. It's the person you, you craved it from. Uh, second, who did you think you had to be in order to receive that person's love? What kind of person? How did you think you had to show up? How do you think you had to dress or present yourself or just behave? Who did you think you could never be? Because if you're that kind of person, they would take away their love, disown you, not talk to you, be mad at you, be frustrated with you. And then, you know, if you look at those questions, who did you want love from? Who did you think you had to be? Who did you think you could never be? And then who are you today? And for most people, they're going to find that the reflection of who they are today is nothing more than who they thought they always needed to be to get this person's love. And it's wild. And, and that opens up a moment, a little window where there can be some work done there of, is that who you really are? Um, my stepmom tells a story where she always wanted her mom's love. And, you know, her mom ate a veggie burger a very specific way. And it was like always with mustard and pickles. And so her whole life, she always, when she ordered a veggie burger, it was mustard and pickles. And she met my dad and they were dating for this period of time. And she always ordered mustard and pickles. And one day, <laughs> They went through these questions and as simple as silly and you know crazy as it sounds, she was like, I don't think I've been eating my veggie burger this whole time. And he goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, wow, I just realized like I order my mom's veggie burger. Like that's her burger. That's how she likes it. And he's yeah. like, well, what do you like? She's like, I don't know. And, and as crazy as it sounds, she's like, I'm going to order one with everything and find out. She ordered one with everything. She took a bite. She was like, Bleh, spit that shit everywhere and was like, that ain't it either. But <laughs> it's that that moment of I'm willing to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I had this battle a ton of times. I got hired. I've been hired to speak a bunch in my life. And there's kind of a, a uniform. Most places kind of expect you to show up in, at least in the past. And, and it's a suit. You're supposed to put a suit on. 
And I own a bunch of suits because I did that as part of my career path. And I remember so many times I'd be 15 minutes before I'm supposed to be downstairs looking at my shorts and tennis shoes I have on and the suit and being like, I'm so not a suit guy. Like, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> and as ridiculous as it sounds, I've done it a handful of times where I'm like, not today, I'm going to be myself. And I've just walked downstairs in the middle of a big ass conference in a pair of shorts and tennis shoes and got up there. And what's fun is 90% of the time, no one cared. 10% people were pissed, but 90% of the time, no one cared. They had a lot of fun with me. And, and it was interesting. And, and it's that piece of learning where to plug you in and just being you. Um, my friend, Eric Thomas, he had the same issue, dude. Him and I talked about it. He was, he teased me. He's like, bro, I can't stand this shit. Like we were back and forth and he's like, man, I just, I just figured out if you require a suit, you ain't my people. That ain't my conference. <laughs> and, and he's just like, I turned down so many places because this is who I am and this is how I'm showing up. And that is me. If you want me, bring me. If you don't, that's okay. Get someone else. And it is that raw, that real of finding where is, is, you know, you being you, how does it ripple into the world and where is it reflected back in the brightest way? Uh, my next question, what, what is a moment that made that kind of an awe-inspiring moment, something that, you know, dropped your jaw to the ground that just left you in a state of awe? It actually just happened. Oh, this is so good. You're going to love the story. Do you remember, um, do you remember the singer? His name is Joe. He sings that song. I want to know what turns yeah. you on. Okay. So is it? Huh? It's not Casey and Jojo. And then yeah, it's his name is Joe Thomas. Yeah. Is that the right? Is that the, it's or not different? Casey and Jojo. It's Joe. No, Joe. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to look him up. I know that song. Joe is a good friend of mine. And we just like re reconnected our friendship um, after a long time of not um, connecting. Um, and I was coming into LA last week. This is the, the best story. Like, Anybody that's listening to this, celebrity, non-celebrity, you can imagine yourself in this situation. So I come from the entertainment industry and I have, I have, um, have an all-time favorite singer. And then, and so Joe didn't know that I was coming in town last week uh, for my birthday. And then I said, and I was like, oh, you know, my, my wife, She's like an oracle who doesn't even know that she's one. Um, but, you know, because she's always has this vision and great things happen. She's like, I think we should go on July 2nd. And I'm, I was like, all right, cool. We get there. She's like, I think you should call Joe. Call Joe. And I'm like, hey, come to my birthday party. It's tomorrow. We rented out an Airbnb. And he was like, all right, cool. If you're not doing anything tonight, I'm going to a little intimate gathering in Palmdale. And I'm like, Palmdale, but that shit's like hour and 15 minutes away. But I was just like, all right, yeah, we'll come. Side through. note, in LA, that was four miles. Keep going. Right. <laughs> and, and we're driving, driving, driving. We get there and he forgets to give us the gate code. So I'm like, no. don't tell me we just drove here for this. Ugh. Oh my God. Okay. What was her name? Okay. Aisha. I remember him saying the name Aisha look on the gate box, uh, the call box. I'm like, there's like six names on there, Aisha. I'm like, hey, I'm a friend of Joe. He just invited uh, me and my wife. They let us in, connect with Joe. Then Joe goes, hey, did you get a chance to meet Stevie? I'm like, Stevie who? He's like, Stevie Wonder, you just walk right by him. This is his house. And I'm like, this is my all time favorite singer. Now hmm. I've met, I've been around celebrities for the last 25 years. When it's a childhood favorite, it's a different energy. It is. And so we went in there, what I didn't prepare, I mean, what I didn't plan on was for the next four hours, me dropping in with Stevie Wonder, my all time mm. favorite, that's the Michael Jordan of music for me, my all time favorite singer. He pulls out an instrument, he starts playing and I'm like, you know, this shit's really cool for a, a pre-birthday. And then he starts singing, and then I'm singing, and then Joe's singing, and then my wife's singing. And I'm like, yo, 
this is like really cool because I didn't know that I was coming to Stevie Wonder's house and just to be in that energy and then watch him, how people ask him a question and his level of presence and listening because he couldn't see, but he could, he could see with his inside eyes, his insight and how he felt into the question, how mm. he was walking around without a cane because he was feeling the temperature of the room and the vibration. And I was like, I've never actually witnessed a presence like someone grounded in their presence like that. And I've been around, I've traveled to 80 countries all over the world. I've been around some extraordinary humans. I've never seen somebody with that level of presence. Well, he had to, you cut off one sense, it heightens the other senses. Yeah. And there's one thing about getting sung happy birthday. There's another thing about getting sung Stevie Wonder's version of happy birthday. Happy birthday to ya. And then there's another thing when the actual Stevie Wonder is singing the actual Stevie Wonder version of happy birthday because he found out that it's your birthday. Hmm. That was an awe and wow um, for me simply because the day before, um, just in my business, I had a, I had a $450,000 day. And I hadn't had a day like that before, close, but not like that. And it's everything just seemed very seamless and easy. Then we go into the Stevie Wonder thing. Then we go into my birthday thing. And every day since then, it's almost like uh, the, the frequency that I'm vibrating in has hit another level of um, resonance. And everything that's in that resonance is just streaming in like a kite flying by that's mm. autumn it's not a surprise because i have accepted the bigness inside of myself but it's also to little garen it's definitely an awe hmm. i love that i love that what about your greatest fear what's your greatest fear leaving things on the table hmm just leaving things on the table, getting through my whole life. And then when I'm on my physical deathbed, if there was something I left on the table, like a book that I felt so drawn to, to write, but for some reason I didn't do it. Hmm. Leaving things on the table and, and living a life with regrets is my greatest fear. And I think that's why I pursue life in such a way where if I feel the fear, I lean into it and I make my old hard, my new easy because mm -hmm. I wanna get to the end of my physical life and know that I squeezed every little drop out of the lemon. And so, yeah, that would be my greatest fear is just leaving things on the table that I can actually pursue that my heart feels called to bring forth to the world. Mm. Mm. Like that, squeezing the juice, getting it all out. Speaking of the future, what are you most excited about in your future? Baby number two with my wife right now. Mm. Yeah, we're in, She's the pregnant? Art, we're in the art of creating. Ah, the fun part. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're in the art of creating. We just had our first baby. Her name is Soul Ivy Moon, mm. and she's about to be two. And she's singing and dancing every day. And we're in the art of creating baby number two. And um, I'm doing a lot of extraordinary things in the world right now. Mm. That one right there, I'm really excited about. I love it. I love it. Um, we're going to transition to the second part of the show. We call this nuts and bolts, kind of the tactical, tangible, more nitty gritty stuff. Uh, first question here is what do you spend the majority of your thoughts, time and energy on each day right now? Uh, my energy is on how it is the, the, the majority of my thoughts are in a positive resonance that allow me to be in a state of tranquility and calm mm. so that I can hold for the caliber of life that is continuously evolving. And, um, you know, one thing I notice is it's kind of like 
the people who win the lottery, 99% of them go bankrupt the next year because their, their, their capacity can't hold for that level um, of what just came into their life. And so I'm always focusing on how I can expand my capacity um, and leaning into the areas of discomfort while maintaining ease in my nervous system yeah. and having such a strong foundation is where I invest most of my energy so that when the things do come in that I work for, I, I, I know how to facilitate it and I know what to do with it. It's not a shock and awe where I'm just going to get it and lose it and get it and lose it and get all this money and then lose all this money and have this pop and drop life. So put a lot into the foundation, a lot of energy, a lot of effort and a lot of work into my body of consciousness to hold for the foundation of who I'm truly called to be in this world. I love that. I love that. Here's a question. I think I've picked up an essence of it, but what do you believe the key to your success is? Uh, my definition of success. Hmm. What is it? And what I focus on, and I'm just relentless about what I focus on. I had a version of success when I lived in, in, in Hollywood, the, the, the cars, the girls, the money, the millions, all that other stuff. And my best friend was somebody who had that before I did, or he had that physically. And he put a bullet into his brain. And when that happened, and I was trying to model that version of success, mm. um, it made me rethink what my version of success was. Mm. So then I said, well, what, what is my version? My version of success is when I, when nobody is around and I look in the mirror and the truth shows up, am I happy? genuinely happy with what I see? Am I proud of who I see? And before bed, there's no voices, it's calm, it's peaceful. And I'm just, I go to sleep and it's so peaceful. That's the life that I have right now because that's what I focus on and what it took for me to, and of course there's deeper and more vast levels of anything that you do. Um, but what it took for me to get to this point, interestingly enough, is the person with the cars, the millions, the money, the girl, the woman, the committed relationship, the family, um, just the community. And, but it doesn't cause me stress because I'm not focusing on doing i was focusing on being and through my being that's what causes the doing and i would say that 100 percent is the the answer to your question and now there's many of other things but if i was to put one that influences those other things it would be that one right there love it what is one actionable thing that can help others experience the kind of success you've experienced in yours and theirs? Uh, one is you, you can't hit a target that you don't have. And I think it's something to be said about being specific with what you want in life and who you want to be. Hmm. My, my, my cell phone number is the same number it's been for the last seven years. If you take off one number, you'll never reach me. Mm. So being casual with who you want to be and where you want to go, being casual with it will probably get you in the vicinity, but it won't get you in the realm and in the frequency and in the, and the, and the energy of it. So I, I think something that's very practical and simple, if you are struggling, if you are broke, which is only a mindset, if you're not where you're wanting to be in life, if you have a lot of money and a shitty relationship with your kids and you want to have a more fulfilled, rich life, 
that should be a goal of yours that you're focused on all the time. And you ask yourself, am I the highest representation of someone who would be living that caliber of life? If not, ask yourself, what is missing? Something about those words. If you can ask yourself, what is mission? What, what is missing? What's in the gaps? What am I holding on to? Could be the alcohol, could be the drugs, could be the porn, could be the sex, could be the negative mentality towards yourself and everyone else around you. And I would get clear on who it is that you need to be, who you get to be, so that you can match the vibration that the quality of life that you want is on. Everything that you want is on a specific resonant vibration. And if you're operating low resonating, complaining, talking about people, tearing people down, you'll never reach there. And if you do, you're 100% gonna lose it. So, so who you are and where you're going, you can't hit a target you don't have. Now, sometimes you might not get to exactly where you're going, but it's something to be said by having some kind of benchmark. That's why they put a finish line at the end of the race. That doesn't mean that you're going to just, you know, going to be running forever. It's like you run, race, pick another race, pick another race, pick another race, have mm -hmm. practice, pick another race. And so having some sort of target at least gives you an aim and, and make something that that is a out of this world goal and then make something that you that you know that you can achieve, but it's stretching you just a little bit because you got to build the confidence in your mind. And once it becomes really easy, find another stretch. Two final questions. One, as a community, how can we help and support you and what you're up to? Well, um, I love that you asked that question. I've, I've spoken in over 70, 72 countries. I, and in any, any country that I speak in, I'm always, I got my ear to the ground and I talk to the community. I go to the rougher neighborhoods. I go to the wealthier neighborhoods. And I just start talk. I love talking to people, asking about their stories. And it's so interesting that whether you have all this money or you have no money at all, which is a piece of paper with preconceived value, the through line, the reason why I have clients that are worth $900 million uh, and clients that can they wish they could afford me, but they come to my $5,000 retreats. Um, the through line is the abandonment of the little kid that's inside of them. Mm. And uh, I have this saying that says adults are deteriorated children. Mm. And when I'm working with people and they're struggling with intimacy, they're struggling with money, they're struggling with a lot of things, I'm hearing the surface level, but I'm hearing a little kid that's crying. And so I'm always focused on the little kid. And so the best way I know how to support me is I have the name of my company is called Artist Power. The artist is the little kid who remembers. When you tap into that energy, it unlocks a power, artist power. Um, and I do some of, the, some of the most powerful retreats in the country. It's called Awaken the Artist Within. Anyone who is looking to feel the highest level of joy frequency, to tap back into your childlike wonder and creativity, to feel the essence of, of um, the, the exploration of community, but like from the, the, the essence of the kid. If anybody is interested in that, I have a retreat that is uh, October 5th through the 9th in, in uh, Aspen, Colorado, and it's called Awaken the Artist Within. If the part of you that is looking for fun and adventure and for your gifts to come online and you 
you're doing what your dad always wanted you to do, or your mom always wanted you to do, but deep down inside, there was what you always wanted you to do, but you didn't know, you don't know how to get there or how to bring that to the surface and integrate it with your adult. Everything that I do comes from that place. Um, so whether it's the mastermind that I'm currently doing or the leadership programs, it all has the hint of your childlike expression leading the way with your adult level of discipline, uh, sustainability, and focus. So um, I would say you could support me by sending people to awaken the artist within or artist uh, the artist power uh, mastermind so that they can feel what it feels like to leave an embodied person leading with your childlike joy and tapping into the truest essence of who you are. Well, thank you. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing moments of your life with us. Uh, we really, really appreciate having you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for um, being brave enough to share your platform for stories like mine to have wings was a time in my life I didn't feel like my story mattered. And it's so interesting mm -hmm. what has happened because of people like you saying, you wanna talk about your story. So there's anybody out there right now that thinks your life doesn't matter, your story doesn't matter, uh, things that, that, that you wanna bring to the world doesn't matter. Allow my story to be a living witness of yes, it does and you get the opportunity to share your real self so that we may benefit from your genius. Well, for those of you watching or listening, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. Uh, share this episode with someone you feel would resonate with and they'd connect with it. And we look forward to seeing you in another episode.